welcome. I'm Uri. And I'm Rifki, and you're listening to Talking Tachlis, the podcast where we talk about Jewish life and life in general. So Rifki, uh, Hanukkah is just around the corner. Yeah, today's the day. Suddenly it seemed like all of the, the new videos from the acapella groups came out. Yeah, I saw a couple of those. Uh-huh. And actually, one of our major sponsors, Drive-In Production Studios, generously shares with us their uh, recording space, and they actually just created the new Maccabees video. Did you see the video, Uri? I think I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. which one was that? Um, it was a couple different genres oh, mixed right, into the right, Dreidel right. song. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty the, good. The song was fine, but the video, like, wow. Drive-In, you guys really outdid yourselves. And of course, they are a strong supporter of the show. If anyone's looking to have a video made, please contact them. Mention us. You'll obviously get some sort of deal for it. Yeah, driveinproductions.com. And ch- yeah, check out the new Maccabees video. So, Uri, have you ever used the website Airbnb? I have, like once or twice. Mm -hmm. I used it last summer for like a weekend upstate with Mm -hmm. a couple of friends. And also, I used it actually in Israel last Mm. year. Where in Um, Israel? I was in Jerusalem. It was in West Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. But it was a a great experience. Very smooth. Um, And I think probably many of our listeners have also used the website Airbnb to rent homes and apartments all around the world for cheaper and often with more comfortable lodging than hotels. On Monday of last week, Airbnb, which has long been under pressure from Palestinian officials, anti-settlement advocates, and human rights groups to end its West Bank settlement listings, announced that it would stop listing homes in Jewish settlements in the West Bank. Much of the world considers the settlements, built on land that Israel captured in the 1967 war, to be a violation of international law, but Israel considers the land to be disputed, not occupied. But for many, especially those in the pro-Israel community, this was seen as hypocritical and a slap in the face. Especially considered that though there are dozens of disputed regions around the world, Israel seems to be either the first or one of the first places that Airbnb has chosen to remove from its site. As Gilad Erdan, Israel's Minister of Strategic Affairs, said, as quoted in the New York Times, National conflicts exist all over the world. The senior management of Airbnb will have to explain why they specifically and uniquely chose to implement this political and discriminatory decision in the case of citizens in the state of Israel. Immediately, many in our community were up in arms, with many calling for a boycott of Airbnb. As one Facebook friend of mine wrote in an open letter to Airbnb, Dear Airbnb, I will be suspending my account until and unless you reverse your new policy of removing West Bank Jewish listings from Airbnb in order to appease the anti-Semitic BDS movement. And I saw dozens of similar posts of people calling for boycotts of Airbnb until this decision is reversed. And Uri, I assume you probably saw the same. Yes, I have. So Uri, what do you think? Should we be boycotting Airbnb? Is Airbnb's removal of Jewish homes in the West Bank anti-Semitic? Is BDS by definition anti-Semitic? And finally, of course, you will all get to hear Talking Tachlis solves the settlement problem. Okay, I'm kidding about that. Obviously, that's an impossible thing, at least for right now, to solve. But I do think that obviously has to be part of the conversation. Right. So before we even get into the discussion, I want to add two more quotes to this uh, conversation. Mm -hmm. So one was, I don't know if you saw this, but Israel's tourism minister, Yariv Levin, announced that 
Israel is actually going to be taking action against Airbnb. Mm-hmm. He said, we are going to restrict the ability of Airbnb to work here. If you have a policy of discrimination against Israelis, you cannot earn money here in Israel. We'll probably put a very high tax here in Israel on the activity of Airbnb. Okay, so like that's like pretty intense because I'm sure there's tons and tons of Airbnb listings in Israel, yeah. like Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, whatever. I remember searching them yeah, when I was there like last said, time. Use them. Yeah, so that's like that's a big deal. And then also I saw that um, Michael Oren, the former Israeli ambassador to America and current member of Knesset in the Kulanu party, um, had a tweet that a lot of people were sharing. And he wrote, Airbnb blacklists Jewish apartments in Judea and Samaria. Not Palestinian apartments, not apartments in Turkish-occupied Cyprus, in Moroccan-occupied Sahara, not in Tibet or the Crimea. Airbnb's policy is the very definition of anti-Semitism. No one should use its services. So he, that very strongly worded, basically called yeah. for a counter um, boycott against Airbnb. So I actually was curious, and I, I did some research today on the Airbnb website itself and looking on, on Google and stuff, like searching for some of these other places to see if it's actually true, what he said. So first of all, I found tons of listings in the West Bank, in the Palestinian West Bank. Okay. And I looked in the other occupied areas. So like the one place that I think he might be wrong about is Crimea. Um, I couldn't find any listings in Crimea. I also couldn't find any like articles on Google. Great place to vacation. So that It actually is, I think. It's supposed to be very nice, which is partially why it was so disputed. Yeah. Um, There's also a really fun Yiddish song, uh, Yiddish communist song that about... uh, Jewish um, commune that was set up in the Crimea um, in the early 20th century. Um, if people want to email me, I can sing the song for you or call me or something. Showing that there's that self- sounds awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> it just happened to be in the Crimea, but they're sh- they're trying to say like we're self sufficient. We're not like the Jews that you think of just doing business and whatever. We work the land. Oh wow! It was, it's actually pretty interesting. It's sort of like the kibbutz concept, but in Russia instead of in Israel. There was a whole set. I mean, we're getting off topic here, but I think there was a whole movement. Yeah, yeah, it was part of part of a broader movement. And then a few years ago, when um, the whole issue with Crimea came up with Russia and occupation of it, um, so that song was talked about a lot, and that kind of brought Uh it back to the to the forefront. Anyway, pretty interesting story. But so anyway, so I don't know if Crimea is listed, I, but I couldn't find any articles talking about like they officially right. delisted yeah, I also couldn't it. Find anything so it like could that. just be that nothing is there for Airbnb. I'm not sure about Crimea, but the other things for sure, Turkish occupied Cyprus and Sahara and whatever. So what's the main question here? Is it anti-Semitism? I think on a technical level, at least. Yeah, of course. Like you're tr- so, so talk, talk that okay. out. I mean, we've, we've discussed in the past the three rules of Natan Sharansky on what constitutes anti-Semitism. Or like, I guess he was specifically talking about when does criticism of Israel cross the line and become anti-Semitic. The way to remember it is it's three Ds. Demonization, delegitimization, and double standard. So here, I don't really see demonization but I see delegitimization. They're saying this is not Israel, this is not Jewish. And it's double standard, clearly, because there's all these other places that are equally bad, if not worse, and they do not have right. a boycott on so them. So you're saying, according to the way Natan Sharansky is sort of defining what makes criticism of Israel 
into anti-Semitism, it falls into that criteria. Do you agree with those criteria? Do you think that this was anti-Semitic? I do. I don't know if, I mean, I'm not saying the CEO of Airbnb is an anti-Semite and wants to hurt Jews, but that doesn't mean that this action is not anti-Semitic. It, it fits the criteria, and you have to have criteria of what constitutes anti-Semitism, and I think this fits. And I think just because, you know, protesting Israel in general, and specifically the settlements, is such a widespread and almost universal idea when you look at the world, you know, outside of our little bubble. Um, and so just because, but just because everyone's doing it and saying it doesn't mean it's okay and doesn't mean that it's not anti-Semitic. Well, no one's saying it's okay because everyone's doing well, it. I, I know, but I, I think like when I first saw, you know, on my newsfeed or whatever that Airbnb did this, I wasn't initially thinking like, wow, that's so anti-Semitic. I was like questioning in my head, like, okay, that's upsetting to me, but that's like also not so unexpected. And I guess that's sort of in line with so much of what you hear. So I guess that seems sort of normal. But then I saw the Michael Oren tweet and I saw a lot of other people's posts and that almost like gave me permission to be upset about it, you know? But it's like, I think I myself have been so influenced by just the flood of criticism that it seeped in to my own brain to make me feel guilty for supporting Israel. Sure, or support, I mean, you know, you could also say on the flip side, you're being so influenced now by the people who are saying, "Oh, anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism," and they're also changing mind. But, uh, you but could I think say either way, I, I want to go back to sort of the the initial uh, Nathan Sharansky's understanding because I'm just not sure. I, I think I am. I do understand sort of that language between saying, "Okay, Airbnb is." is not anti-Semitic, but maybe you can say this act that ABRB is doing right. is maybe anti-Semitic. Yes. It's the difference between calling someone, hey, you are a racist, now I put you in this box, versus mm-hmm. what you did was bigoted and racist and here's why. Inappropriate. Because, exactly, yeah. because you know people are, are more complicated than that. But I'm not sure that this whole double standard thing, and I'm kind of just figuring this out myself. I'm not sure how I feel about it. But saying that there's a double standard, I'm not sure automatically means that it's bigoted. And to just give you an example of what that looks like for me, I'm much more likely to call out my own community for something than to call out a different community for something, right? If I see a problem within the Orthodox community, for example, I'm much more comfortable standing up and saying, this is wrong, right? So then can't someone look at me and then say, hey, you're bigoted and racist and anti-Semitic because you're not calling out this situation in Cyprus or Crimea, right? Like, can't you make that same argument? Like, it kind of makes sense to me that we're more comfortable calling out certain things that feel like they either hit closer to home or they feel like, like yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's so saying. crazy. I hear what you're saying. Well, first of all, Airbnb is not a Jewish institution. Totally, but I think so Airbnb- it's not the same as what I, you're I saying. The reason why I think uh, a lot of Westerners, especially, especially liberal Westerners, feel more comfortable calling out Israel for crimes than calling out certain other countries or conflicts are A, Israel's way better well-known, right? And you can say that's good or that's bad, but the Palestinian movement or, or lobby, right, quote-unquote, is just much more powerful than these other ones. So Airbnb probably gets a lot more complaints about Israel and the settlements than the other ones. I'm not saying that means they should have made this decision, but it kind of makes sense to me that from an economic perspective, they're thinking about their bottom line and they're getting a lot of pushback about this. So, so A, that makes sense to me. B, it's just a much sexier topic. It's just, it's, a, it's in the news. People who read the New York Times 
want to hear about Israel. That's why they keep printing about it, right? So things like this to me, See, you're, they don't... Yeah, you're, it sounds like you're saying similar to what I said. Like, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but that doesn't make it okay. Just because so many people are anti-Israel, okay. you know, meaning I understand that that's probably why Airbnb did this. They didn't do, do it because of a deep-seated hatred of Jews. They did it because of pressure, and they did it because Israel is so complicated and so much in the news and such a, like, you know, debated thing. But that doesn't make it okay, and they sh- and they have a right, and I think we have a right to call them out on that, even if they have an understandable it, rationalization. It may, you're right, and it does make sense that people who are pro-settlements and think that it's not a complicated issue and think that it's pretty straightforward should call Airbnb on it and say, hey, what you're doing is ridiculous, and here's why. But I think for there to be this wide mass movement for all of us, like I feel like I've gotten people sending me petitions that I should be signing, like I'm going to boycott Airbnb unless X, Y, Z right? Uh, things like that where I feel like they're acting or, or maybe they is too strong a term. A lot of people in our community are acting like this is such an obvious issue. Like obviously what Airbnb is doing is disgusting and evil and it comes or is related to anti-Semitism. And I'm just not convinced that's true. I think what Airbnb is doing is not what I would do, but I don't think it's so crazy. The settlements are in, according to international law, occupied territory. So even if we're, we want to say, or maybe not me, even if you or you or a lot of people in our community want to say it's not occupied, here's why, here's what the UN is getting wrong, blah, 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 all those things, you can make that claim. But to say what Airbnb is doing is insane, it's just not true. Right. I mean, listen, I understand that. I don't I, I don't think it's black and white. In the proposals that the Palestinian Authority and obviously Hamas calls for, it's always one of the main things that no Jews will be allowed in their areas. Totally. And, anyway, so well, I just want yeah, to go yeah. back to the question. So does that mean that it's not occupied? No. Well, so... Like so, meaning that that all might be true. No, no, right. So my point is, even if it's occupied, listen. Listen, if I'm saying we have to look at the strict definition of anti-Semitism, does this fit it or not? Then I'm going to be consistent and say, okay, well, you can say, let's look at a strict definition of occupation. Is this occupied? I'm willing to say, very likely, yes, it's occupied. Does that in itself mean that all bets are off and like we can't engage with it in any way? You know, and, and we have to boycott everything from it like i don't think so because like, i think it's complicated in the same way it's complicated on on the other side but that's not what airbnbs do right, no, airbnb well, is saying okay, we have so, about 200 listings yeah we've gotten a lot of pushback about it and honestly the un is telling me it's occupied we're not we're, we're an expert in setting up a website to help people find homes and apartments to rent we're not an expert in international law the un which even though you might say that it's anti-israel right i might say it's anti-israel even though we might not like the UN. The UN is basically the arbiter of international law. The UN is saying that it's illegal, right? Most international governments, even the Israeli government, by the way, has called a lot of these homes and these settlements or whatever that have Airbnb list or used to have Airbnb listings are illegal. So Airbnb is saying, forget it. We're no, getting out of that. A, that's business. a very small minority. Of For them. sure. I mean, well, it's only 200 in general. So even if okay. it's only 20 of them, that's still 10%. I, I guess, right. I guess the truth is this is uh, you know, another criticism that I heard people saying, not exactly criticism, but more like, okay, it's just Airbnb, like it's some stupid website, like why are you making such a huge deal out of it? And, like, I I, under, I hear why someone would say that, but I would say the same thing that I said before, which is like, 
that doesn't make it okay. Just oh, because yeah. It's not... I, I think that's a bad argument right. in general. Then, We're right. trying to argue about yeah. ideas. We're not uh, right. talking guess, about the right. real politic here. I, I guess we can talk about the West Bank, uh, you know, briefly. I, I don't think <laughs> any of us are really experts, but we probably know more than right. like the average person. I mean, you whatever. were in the Israeli army. You're definitely more of an Israeli expert army. than I am. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, barely know Hebrew. Uh, the, the talking points, let's say, for, you know, for quote my side of the thing. Oh. Is like, no, meaning there's there was never a historic state of Palestine. That right off the bat, I think a lot of people just don't, aren't aware of because they just don't know the history. And the West Bank was never itself a Palestinian state of any kind. But I think even more, a better, even stronger point than that is that there were a lot of Jews in that area, in Gush Etzion before 1948, who were there legally and had a community. And they were actually slaughtered in, in 1948 in the, in the War uh-huh. of Independence. And, and all Jews were kicked out of the West Bank at that point when Jordan occupied it. Right. Um, so first of all, Jews were there before, and they were in Hebron also. Even the, the, just the term West Bank is about the West Bank of the Jordan River. Like we think of it as like, of course the West Bank is Israel, but it's the West Bank of well, Jordan. Okay, Judea and Samaria. I think uh, that's what Michael oh, Warren Oh, is that we're going to start saying? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do from okay, now on. Okay, good. Um, in Hebron also, Hebron had had a big yeshiva. Um, that actually a relative of mine learned in. Um, and then there was a massacre there in the 1920s right. where a lot of students were killed and then I th- the yeshiva kind of yeah. moved Not just to the yeshiva, I think also the, lay people. Right, but yeah. meaning, so there was a very, there was a very established Jewish presence um, there before, just like obviously there were Arabs there also. Yeah, way, um, way more. I mean, not, yes, it's not a comparison, of course, of course. but yes, way more Arabs than Jews. And a lot of people on both sides who were massacred either by invading armies or by lay people. It was a really awful and difficult situation. Also, obviously, with a lot of peace. There were a lot of times where Jews and Arabs got along very well. Right. So it was, a, it was a complicated region. Yeah, and then, and then when Jordan occupied the West Bank and Jerusalem, East Jerusalem, um, between 1940 and 1967, they did not allow any Jews into those areas, into to the Kotel, to the Western Wall. You know, like any time that, that Arabs control an area, Jews are basically not allowed in. When Jews control an area, maybe you could say some Arabs aren't allowed in if they're Palestinian citizens, but Israeli Arabs citizens can, you know, I mean... Wait, again, Jews are allowed into the West Bank today. No, I know. I was talking... I said between 1948 and 1967. My point is just that, like, that... You could say there's occupation. You could say it's wrong. You you could say that there deserves to be a Palestinian state in those areas. And I don't even think I disagree with, with those statements, but I think to blacklist... Jewish-owned homes like that, and to not, you know, if it's a disputed area, why not just remove all listings from the West Bank? They didn't do that. They're still, the Arab listings are still there. Because they're not saying it's disputed, they're saying it's occupied. Okay, right. So I'm saying they're turning it, they're turning into a black and white thing. I don't think it's a black and white but thing. But it's not Airbnb, meaning, I hear what you're saying, but if Airbnb is just kind of following the international sort of agreement that this is what's happening in Israel, again, they're not experts in the Middle East. Right. I mean, I don't think the UN, again, we don't have to get into it so much now, but I don't, I don't think the UN is a complete illegitimate body, but they, obviously I'm sure most people, most of our listeners at least, are familiar with like the disproportionate amount of criticism of Israel coming from the UN. And like many supporters of Israel don't take the UN very seriously. And the fact that the UN says something is international law or something is illegal does not make most people in Israel feel morally, you know, troubled by the fact that they're doing something because they just assume the UN is going to hate them and criticize them. So to say that Airbnb is just going by the UN's laws doesn't make it okay in, in many people's eyes. Yeah, that makes sense. I think what's partially interesting to me about this, and we can get a little bit into, for example, the ADL, is that I think a, a lot of people on 
The other side, on the pro-Israel, quote-unquote, side, have also made this sort of a, a one-note issue of like, of course, if you're pro-Israel, then you must think that what Airbnb is doing is disgusting and evil. Again, Airbnb is not saying we're taking down all listings from Israel because Israel's an illegitimate country. Right. They're taking down listings from settlements, right. from Jewish homes in settlements, which mm-hmm. is, I think it was 200 or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, and the ADL basically also, with Jason Greenblatt, who is the, mm-hmm. the head of the ADL, he came out with a statement against Airbnb talking about the company's decision to not list these rentals in the settlements. And basically, it's an incredibly long statement. Of course, we'll link to it. But it's about how BDS is this widespread effort to delegitimize Israel and delegitimize Jews. And the ADL got a lot of pushback. There were a couple of, uh, there was an op-ed in Haaretz and there was one in the forward and a couple other places that basically pushed back on the ADL saying that the ADL does such strong work in America combating bigotry and hatred and racism of any kind, but that this dispute over the West Bank settlements really shows that the ADL doesn't exactly know which way to turn. Basically, that the ADL doesn't know whether to be anti-racism or pro-Israel, basically. And of course, obviously, again, we'll link to all of these different articles because I think there's, there's interesting stuff going on everywhere. But I think it's an interesting sort of question that I think many of us sort of who are pro-Israel but also feel a little bit weird about this whole settlement issue and also anti-racism and anti-bigotry feel like a little bit torn here. And I think ADL is maybe exhibiting that and maybe like a classic left-wing pro-Israel, right? Like that camp and the ADL is sort of struggling here. What yeah, to do. I hear that. I think the Peter Beinhardt and other like far left criticisms of the ADL are just really off point and, and ridiculous. I happen to not even be such a fan of Jason Greenblatt for things that he's said and not said in the past. But I think what he's basically saying here is, I want two states. I am against Israel occupying the West Bank. Okay, but this action by Airbnb was also not appropriate and anti-Semitic, I guess. Like he's, ba- I think what he's basically doing is he's criticizing the Airbnb thing, but he's saying, I still believe in two states and I still want Israel to figure this out and to solve this problem together with the Palestinians, I don't like. I think that's actually the most balanced response you could possibly have to this. And to say just because somebody's against the occupation, therefore like one-sided boycotts against Jews basically are, are okay. Like you know, like I just don't. I think you can be against the settlements, but also say that this was not this move was. I could be wrong. Okay. I don't think it's against Jews. Like I think um, an Arab citizen of Israel who has a home in what Israel considers to be Israel and other people consider to be occupied, I think those homes are delisted also. Well, yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I think that gets into the broader conversation of anti-Israel versus anti-Semitism and that, uh, you know, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, among many others, says all the time how anti-Israel is the new anti-Semitism, you know, in the Middle Ages and the Inquisition, they were, you know, this is, I'm going to paraphrase Rabbi Sachs, they weren't against the Jewish people, they were against their religion. That's why they wanted them to convert, and if they converted, then they were okay. Then later on in the Holocaust, it was a race thing. So they weren't against Judaism, they were just against, like, I guess the Jewish race, I guess they probably were. That was the most extreme one I get. And now, they're not against Jews, they're just against Israel. You know, it's following a pattern, and that's the argument, and that's the understanding. Do you think that's true? Yes, of course, I do. You think that anti-Israel is the new anti-Semitism? You, come on, you don't really you think don't, it's that simplistic. You don't, well, 
Sorry, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Right. Do you really I, think I, it's I, that I don't, simplistic? No, I don't, I don't. I think there's correlation, not causation, meaning like not every anti-Israel person is an anti-Semite, but most anti-Semites are anti-Israel. And many people... Oh, many, sure. Uh, okay, okay, no, and, and many people throughout the world use criticism of Israel as a cover for their anti-Semitism. I mean, I know that is definitely true. Okay. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's true that there are people who do that. Okay, which adds to the complication of, of the whole issue. For sure. I, and I understand the instinct to be suspicious of something like BDS. I really do. I feel that sort of in a very emotional and intrinsic place. I feel pretty uncomfortable with it. But at the same time, I also feel uncomfortable with the settlements. So I sort of understand the impulse. Um, and again, I'm not a, an expert in the political history of the Middle East or the current reality, right, in all of these things. These things are really complicated. But I think that for any of us to try to uh, claim that we know exactly what's going on, we know that Israel's in the right, we know that what Airbnb is doing is, is anti-Semitic or, that, you know, they're being influenced by anti-Semitism, they don't even know they're being manipulated by these anti-Israel, anti-Jewish, like all these things, I just think is like a very simplistic version of events. And it makes me pretty uncomfortable that... I feel like kind of this weird pressure from my community, from our community, that if I'm not supporting this, I'm not pro-Israel enough. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess you just don't have to actively take a side if, if you're ambivalent. I think in the same way that people have a right to protest one way, they have a right to protest back the other way. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I actually think it's a little interesting. I'm actually going on vacation in a few weeks and... Like I was looking at Airbnb listings mm -hmm. and now it's like, I feel this weird pressure. Like, no, 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 you really shouldn't book with right, Airbnb. Right. And, you know, I think I am going to, but I feel like now there's a judgment associated with me that it's like, oh, you're choosing the enemy that hates you. Like your fault. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it feels like it, not only does it feel personal because it's related to Israel, it feels personal because like literally... I'm going on this website right. and looking at these listings. Right. I was thinking about, am I going to do the boycott? I definitely believe in the boycott. Then it comes down to like discipline and like, well, it is, if it is oh, interesting. the most convenient way, if it happens to be, I don't really use it that much. It'll probably be easy for me to boycott right. it. But... Well, you're welcome to come join my vacation if you want to join. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. <laughs> but I guess to wrap things up, like I always think that one of the best ways to make a point of any kind is through music and it's not always successful, but sometimes if the song is good enough, um, the point is made in a better way than it could have been any other in any other medium. So, I don't, have you ever heard of the Portnoy brothers? Yes, but I don't know why. <laughs> okay, they're they're on Facebook a lot. Um, they're a duet. They there is they live in Israel. I think they are originally British, um, and they they do a lot of covers. I've seen them do a lot of like Beatles stuff. Uh -huh. They also have original music. Um, they're actually really really good, uh, very talented, and and seem like cool people. Um, so they posted a song. Uh, about this issue, um, kind of like pushing back against Airbnb a few days ago. And then the video of them singing the song was actually taken down from Facebook. Really? Which is pretty crazy. I mean, I'm assuming it must have been because so, a lot of people flagged it as yeah, like it's hate speech or whatever, course, but that's even though still... the, the thing itself, I'm going to play it and you'll see it. But when I listened to the song, I was like curious what it was going to be. It's and crazy I don't... what people call hate speech. Like I would just never think to flag something as hate well, speech. Obviously, like, these are just anti-Israel people yeah, who course, just will say that about any... but it's a strange like, yes. social media phenomenon that right. people don't like something, don't agree with it, and call it hate speech. Yeah, very sad. Um, the video, though, it was like reposted by stand with us and it has like over a hundred thousand views on their thing and then they reposted and they 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 said actually 
they since the original posting was taken down, they went to a, a studio and actually recorded the song professionally and then posted that one uh, to like stick it to them. Yeah, so they like, know what to do. Yeah, I actually I really love this song. First of all, it's like really catchy. It's like almost emotional, and they're making a point in like what I think is just like a really strong but gentle way at the same time. So we'll we'll close out this segment by listening to this song. There used to be a way to cross the lines of social barriers made by our minds. People could exchange their hearts and homes, spare a little company when they're alone. I'm gonna take you off of my phone, just like you wiped us off of your own, your own. I'm gonna take you off of my phone. Till you stop discriminating on my home, my home This used to be a little song about and that's our show. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, we love to hear feedback from you. Tell us why we're both morons. We're both political idiots. Neither of us live in Israel, so we have no right. Tell us all of this stuff. Uh, email us at talkingtachlispodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, contact us on our Facebook page. Continue the conversation there. Talking Tachlis Podcast. Thanks, as always, to Drive-In Productions. As we mentioned in the beginning, check out their new Maccabees video. And you can let us know what you think about that also. I think somebody affiliated with our show actually may have worked on that. One of our producers. Yeah. And thanks also to Triple Threat Trio featuring Rage Brigade. They are the official band of Talking Tachlis. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.